A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Hello, signers. Before we get into this week's episode, we've got some reviews to read. Yay, we love reviews. If you are not aware, if you leave us a five-star review, we will read it on air. No matter what, it doesn't have to be positive. It could be like a scathing review of us, but as long as it's five stars, we will read it. Um, We'll take it. Yeah. We love getting reviews. We love hearing from you. It helps us uh, know what you're liking about the podcast, what we can improve on. Despite how we we bristle, we do like to hear these things. We want you to like this podcast. Um, and also it helps other people find us. It helps us chart on Apple podcasts. Uh, so it's just super helpful. And this is also a great way to ask us a question on the fly, to plug something that you're doing, to suggest an episode topic. This is kind of like the quickest way to, to, to do that and hear it read aloud. Who doesn't love hearing themselves back to themselves? Uh, <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into these reviews. Uh, this first one comes from LB and it is entitled some good astrology chat. I enjoy the podcast. My only feedback, and I know pandemic, there's often one quiet one. If they can be turned up, that'd be fantastic. Overall, it's enjoyable to hear this chat about current events with astrology worked into the conversation. I really like it when they do deep dives into celebrity charts, maybe make it a weekly segment. XOXO from Canada, Pisces sun, Sag moon. I, I hear you LB. I feel like I'm the quiet one. I feel I was like, to be like maybe we've improved. One. I think I had a bad mic for a little while. You did. This was in mics. January. So yeah. hopefully it's gotten better. If not, definitely let us know 
Yes. But um, also keep in mind my computer's from 2011, so we're doing the best we can. <laughs> yeah. What Saturn was in Scorpio when Lisa found her. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying. I lost my job. I'll get a new computer eventually. And um, celebrity segment, yeah. I mean, celebrity charts. I mean, just it's it's always a good time. So if you have certain celebs you want, let us know. But we'll we'll think about it. I'm I'm deeply obsessed with Ezra Miller's saga right now. So who knows? Maybe that will maybe that will come into play. Our next review is "Love You Guys" from MSC with the sparkle emoji wheat um, uh, shell in the moon. As a Virgo sun, eighth house, Taurus moon, fourth house, and Capricorn rising, I literally love this podcast. My Libra Mercury and Venus loves the witty banter, and it feels like I'm chatting with friends. Listening to the first house episode was a game changer. I've never related to my Cap rising until I figure out I had Neptune in the first as well. Now, with Stevie's advice, I return to old creative hobbies like baking, writing, creativity in general. I do have one question. I have three placements in the eighth house, sun, Mercury, and Mars. The skull emoji, money emoji, fire emoji. Although my Mercury is nearly in the ninth house, how do I fulfill the needs of the eighth house in my life? I'm doing ancestry work and just wondering what y'all think about this concentration of planets in the eighth. Overall, looking forward to listening to more of your content. You introduce new topics in the most fun and exciting way. Because of you, I might go to astrology school. Julia, Lisa, Stevie, you guys are the absolute best. Keep being badasses. Wow. Thank you for all that. That praise, I appreciate it. Well, All right, Sun, Virgo Mercury, sun, and Mars. Virgo, Sun, Taurus, Moon, and Cap rising. I say do sex stuff for your eighth <laughs> house because all those are like sexy signs, I feel like, your big three. So you'd be like comfortable mm-hmm. enough to kind of explore. Um, if not, I mean, you know, fucking do shit for other people, but that is a lot of work. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is giving me, yeah. But I, but I do think for other people, but not necessarily. This to me is giving like uh, erotic fan fiction energy. This is giving me um, Dom, uh, like or just I don't know some sort of romantic like romance novels. Any anything where it's this also just like dirty talk in general. I think would maybe be a way for you to fulfill these eighth house needs, which you didn't say which they are. Yeah, that's another think- <laughs> thing too. That I think eighth house also is more about the the thing, especially because it sounds like um, you said this Libra Mercury. So this is an out of sign, uh, like conjunction in the eighth too. So I also think that um, that could be wearing, look, finding designers that you like that play with these kinds of darker themes. This is like wearing a skull shirt. I mean, that's very yeah. on the nose, but that kind of like get some let wear some leather. I don't know. Have a have an alter ego that we play with, play some music. Mm. I think it's just like this maybe isn't necessarily going to be from you. How are you bringing other how are you also um uh, consuming from other people, if that makes sense. I think group mm-hmm. project too. I mean, anything that you can do with more than one person is is going to be in the eighth house, like shared. So even if it's like you want to start like a Instagram page with three of your friends about something where you each can post on it and have it be like a still cohesive, but like you know something that's shared. Um, and like tattoos are is another if you're like into tattoos or mm-hmm. want to get into them that could be cool even just like starting with drawing on yourself and seeing how it looks or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like with this Virgo Libra 
energy you brought to the table with this eighth house, maybe even finding those places in your life where you get to tell people what to do or like a consensual telling mm-hmm. of what to do just because, you know, Virgos, Virgos know best. And I think that's good practice for a Libra Mercury person as well, since I'm not sure what your Mars placement is. I don't think you shared, but I think that knowing where, you know, people want you to sort of be the boss a little bit could be a fun, a fun exfoliation of that, that eighth house. Thanks, Emma. This was, see, you can sneak in questions and the reviews. Great use of review right here. Virgo, a Virgo new. Our next review is so informative without being overly complicated by Allie underscore Quinlan Ab. I hope that's not your address. <laughs> uh, I've been increasingly drawn to astrology for the last three or four years, but without knowing where to start. Since finding this podcast a few months ago, I've listened to almost 100 hours worth of episodes, each one so informative without being overly complicated. Question, why do horoscopes usually ask you to read your sun and rising sign and not your moon? Cancer sun, Aries moon, Gemini rising. Also, if this got a shout out, I would love to point folks towards my photography account on Instagram. It's at Allie's favorite films. That's favorite with the OU, the British style and XXX. Thanks, Allie. Um, yes. I would say for the the sun and rising. So I think sun is typically because people know it. Um, and then rising sign is because astrologers tend to use whole sign houses. So they're writing the horoscopes based on what um, house something would be transiting. And normally I think for the most part, it's done um, using the personal planets um, because we're, we're doing shorter, uh, cycles with horoscopes. We're not generally doing like, Hey, this is your six year long horoscope. And like, so we're looking, and of course we can take outer planets and other things into consideration, but generally we're looking at those personal things, those shorter cycles, weeks, months, days. Um, and yeah, that's the rising. And your moon, Mm. the moon changes signs so fast. So horoscope is like directions for the week or kind of like weather um and the moon aspects are going to be only for you know two hours at a time even though it might be in your moon sign and that is relevant information to you to be thinking about like how how your moon is but I think that because it's moving so fast it's not going to give accurate weather information whereas the sun you know we know like the sun yeah like Lisa said we know our sun sign and the sun is predictably in the same sign for 30 days. So with, with greater accuracy, depending on your chart, we are going to be consistently interacting with the sun on the personal plan, like on a day-to-day basis. And, and mm. Ortley's weekly podcast, she does give you a breakdown of where the moon's going to be all week. And also like any major transits and planets, but they're not broken down by sign. So they're kind of general horoscopes for everyone. Um, so that might be something that you might like if you like um, moon stuff and and some of the more like bigger transit things. I think too, mm-hmm. remembering that horoscopes are meant to be, while they can be poetic and suggestive and evocative and all of those things too, what they are is talking about the transits essentially, like where they're getting, what makes it, where they're getting the themes is from those things. And I think that that is like, 
I think there's sometimes not confusion, but there's sometimes a tendency to go like, oh, this is resonating. I really resonate with my moon. And so I want to use horoscopes from my moon because that's the part of my chart I feel the strongest to. And it's like, yeah, but that's not like you don't choose what directions you're going to follow based on like how you feel you're going to get there. You go, where do I need to go? What roads are going to get me there? You know what I mean? This sun and rising are directional as opposed to the moon, which is kind of that like emotional, who knows, who knows how you're going to feel, but this is where the planets are, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, like maybe I'm being blunt to a fellow Aries moon queen too, but it's like, we really just should be reading for a right. They're writing for your rising sign. I feel like once in a while they'll like reference like, oh, well, this is going to come close to your sun as like, just as that, oh, because you're reading for your sun and you don't know any better for your rising. But too, I think even just beyond the transits, reading for your moon, it's so your moon is just, I don't know, the sun is like the ego thing you're working towards, right? Like there's almost like encouragement to do more sun sign shit. The rising is like literally where shit's transiting. And I feel like the moon is, she's a wild thing, you know, and especially with Aries moon, it's like, it's like that thing's not going to need advice or instructions anyway. <laughs> so mm -hmm. like, I think having it be more for your sun or rising makes well, sense because your moon's going to still do moon shit anyways no matter what is told to it is my is my thought on the moon is my moon thoughts i think people do sun ma mainly because people know it but also generally um we're thinking about you know i'm a taurus i have my sun in taurus and mercury's going into taurus there is going to be a transit happening there probably in the next mm -hmm. couple weeks so you know it's it's an educated mm -hmm. guess that's something uh, transiting your son. So I guess that could be another reason. Yeah. Yeah. But you could do whatever you want, I guess. That's, I guess <laughs> live, it's that where it's like you also can read. Also, if you want to read for your moon, read for your moon. You don't need to, you don't need the suggestion. Like that's the other thing too, where it's like, what are you reading the horoscope for too? If you're wanting a reason, if you're needing a roll of the dice that says go this way, not this way, read for your fucking moon, get all the, have all the choices that you can get. It's the, you know, a slot machine. Here's your like three options to, to get something that's probably going to be right. If you find yourself resonating with moon horoscopes, go for moon it. it I mean, yeah, moon it up. You're, you're a cancer sun. I feel like that probably means that you do feel more call the, the ruler of your sun is the moon. And so you might feel like you resonate more with moon things. Just know that this is what we're giving you the technical reason why no one would tell you to do that for a technical accuracy way. But if you vibe with your moon, read your, read whatever fuck horse right? you want. Right. Moon horse. Yeah. I was just yeah. about to say moon yeah. <laughs> would be kind of lit. Yeah. I just think it's all it's again, it's like, how are you going to feel this week? I mean, if someone could tell you that if we had that information this is what isn't this what life is the whole thing is trying to figure out how we're going to feel and how other people are going to feel when you figure that one out i mean take it to take it all the way to the bank come on the pod <laughs> yeah don't tell us about it go make money off of it and do, don't, tell no one <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Ali, for your review. As you see, you can sneak in questions. You can uh, spark and inspire episode topics and discussions. Uh, it also just makes us feel good. We love hearing from you. We love doing this podcast and it's so cool. You know, we do it all of the time and there are some of you that we definitely know um, through Patreon, which if you want to interact with uh, the community and, and have a even more direct uh, communication with us, Patreon is the place to do it. You also get 
get bonus episodes. Um, but it's it's nice to know who you are. We just do this and put it out into the void, and and it's cool to hear. We know that you're listening, but to hear it from you, um, it feels really cool and validating and and resonant. And and we're so excited that that our content hits with you. Uh, so thank you so much for doing this. If you haven't less left us a review, consider doing it. If you have, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and enjoy this week's episode. I've got friends with attitudes, selfish and lazy. Is this just astrology? Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm CB Anderson. And I'm the little wife of this podcast. Oh. Wifed up. Wifed up. Did it. Officially off the market. Do you feel wifed? Oh, 100%. And I, I kept being like, nothing's going to change. Like, we're, we've been living together for six years. Like what could possibly change? But I definitely do feel a lot more like romance vibes, like a lot more, like I feel, especially his vows were so sweet. Like I do feel so sweet. a lot of like love in the house. And I also feel, and maybe this is like bad feminism or something, but it's, I feel really like encouraged to like, dress nicer and like wear makeup and stuff and like I'm like oh I'm like here representing us like this is like we're part of a thing now uh, yeah you're like I'm gonna keep this man yeah <laughs> I actually might I actually might keep him around weird you're like, no that makes well, sense mm-hmm. well I think the trope right is like oh and it's all downhill like very married with children you know Al Bundy-esque of and then your life sucks because you're you know, position to this person, but getting, you know, we're all historically getting married a little older than maybe our parents' generations. And it's like, no, I actually just like enjoy this person. And we successfully announced our love to our friends and family and had an amazing time together. And you guys had your honeymoon. Like, you know, it's, it's just like, oh, hopefully you just picked a person that you can enjoy your time with in a way that's very serious and committed. I think people, yes, absolutely used to get married younger and also used to get married as like the start of their relationship. And so it was often with people that they didn't really know that well, or they didn't know themselves as well. Not to say that that always comes with age either, because I know some old people who still do not know (laughs) themselves very well. Some old idiots out here. Yeah, this is all, (laughs) that's all, you know, it's all up to each of us and what we do with our life. Um, but I do, I don't know anyone getting married now. Well, maybe this is also not true, but most of the people I know who are getting married now are getting married after being in a relationship with their partner for a long time, after having gone through perhaps a particularly uh, rough 
go of it, or I mean, just life events or whatever, not in their relationship necessarily, but just like after having been through real heavy stuff, and it does seem to be more of a celebration uh, and a like threshold that you're crossing as opposed to a destination that you got to, or, you know, now, now we get to start our lives and I've checked this off of a box. And I think that that feels like really disappointing. It must feel very disappointing to have an experience like that and then just be like, oh, it's just regular. It's just like being in a relationship. (laughs) It's not this other, it doesn't go up from here. It stays basically the same. Like I can imagine how devastating and disappointing that would be. Mm, Totally. Just really happy in, in that aspect of my life and, and pretty much nowhere else. (laughs) It's been good. (laughs) I, I, you know, you forget that like your shit still happens during, you know, where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I just went on this like beautiful vacation. And then like, you know, my boss like fucks my schedule up or something. And it's like, oh yeah, fuck, like this sucks. Or like, you know, my dog got attacked on our honeymoon. Like just shit happens still where you're like, okay, well, yeah, it is beautiful and wonderful and easy. And we're lucky and we had such great support and all of that. And also like it never ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, very fun wedding. Yeah. I know the signers were. Oh my god! I they were. We haven't they even were talked about the wedding. No, we, like, we haven't. On, we've been gone air. for so long. This yeah. is our first time back. Keep <laughs> behind the curtain. We, you know, it's been busy summertime. So this is our first time recording in a in a min. Very fun. Signers I mean, were lurking. Signers were DMing up a storm. At least to me, being like, "Oh shit!" Whereas they would have paid probably pay per. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Julia, you're, you're up next. I'm just saying you might want to do this on Twitch. Like, Twitch I, think you could, I think you could charge like 20 bucks a head. Maybe, maybe I will get a wedding video made and you could buy the wedding video. <laughs> I feel like the Twitch, the Twitch stream. That's I a lot do of work. Love, I do love, but I also would like, I don't know. I mean, there I, is a part of your soul you have to sacrifice yeah. a tiny bit to be like, I will commodify my. Yeah, but I also would be moment. like, if you want to buy a wedding video where you get to maybe see some, I'd put that on a Patreon. Look, okay. I didn't even want my family members there. I'm certainly not <laughs> live streaming <laughs> the hell out. Um, but oh. you know, they all made it <laughs> somehow. No, it was a fantastic wedding. I had so many people say. Like, oh my God, that wedding looked amazing. All of it. Like, it looked like it was such a fun time. And you know what? Spoiler alert, it was. It felt amazing. Yeah, not only my mom's wedding was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) My mom did all of that stuff. She did a great. Yeah, it it was just. And then just like that, like, I mean, let's just maybe talk a little bit about the astral. It was a good astrological day. It was very watery. It was very feelings oriented. I feel like I've been. I can now cry again for the first time in a long time. I've been expressed to my therapist after your wedding. I was like, I was like, what's your sign girls are my community. They are my family. Like I am seen and held by them. I like, I just, I like, I've always loved you guys, but like this, these celebrations that have been happening have just like pushed my obsession for you over the edge. So just want to declare this here and now on the pod. Cause all I've been doing is crying about how grateful I am like it's not even just astrology but even your speech Julia at the wedding about talking about the big things of astrology it's like I forget not everyone talks about this deep of shit 
not that it's that smart necessarily, but we get deep and not very deeply intelligent, but sometimes we have our moments, but of just the vulnerability. And it was, it was like a very vulnerable, sweet wedding that you had, Lisa, at least well, as me as a spectator. I, I had fun. fun. There was some of the astrological stuff, like there, the watery stuff and some of that stuff. There was other stuff that happened like with my brother and some other stuff that kind of colored it for me in mm. a negative way. Um, and a lot of things that I had to deal with that I didn't realize, like, I just didn't realize people would act certain ways, like, or do certain things. And, and it does feel like because it's, you spend so much time and money and it is such a big thing. And for the most part, like, I would say every one of my friends, coworkers and like bar regulars brought their absolute best, like, did did everything like Pablo saved our <laughs> entire cocktail thing like I am. we did not have ice like Pablo went and got all of the ice for every drink for every like literally everything to be cold so like just he was like happy that. to be here of the wedding you know it was that's, awesome. there's always one and a Leo being the hero of the wedding like, are you Leo season me? baby <laughs> and like and Vir- with all the Virgo placements like give me the task I will do it efficiently quickly oh he appreciated that you gave him this store to go to he was like he's like that's how you do it if you give someone a task you give them you you know that that that's the store and this is the address and drop the pit so he was also very he was commending on the other side too not like hey I'm we need glad. ice can you figure that out for us it was like please go here bring this to us Thank I'm you. I'm glad that it was easy. I also I mean, it was wasn't it, easy. It, it was, was e- a big task, it was easy. but I just like, you know, so many and then other people task you with stuff and you're like, oh, wow, people still do this shit like people still do this shit even on your wedding day. And I have good enough boundaries to be able to be like, you know, put it down or or, you know, whatever. I left my phone for the whole day and I, you know, I miss some stuff and, and that's OK, too. Like you're not expected to have your phone. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know if you definitely learn stuff. You learn about people. You see how like the way people appreciate you, what they like about you. My boss and I like we put my dress back on and we went to go wake up my other boss. I don't know why I was pretty drunk at this point. Thought it was a great idea. It was Um, a great idea. It was perfect. Bobby would not wake up. So I don't know, but it was still fun. Like we I don't know, just had a great time. Glad you guys came. Thank you for all of your support. Great wedding. Wouldn't have missed it for the world. And, you know, because we still have to, we still have to have the full catch up off pod. But any highlights from the honeymoon? Oh, my God. You know, well, I told you about the helicopter tour. Um, yes. I sent you the info for your trip. But going to do it. That to me was the most wonderful thing because we actually got we really didn't want to do it. Scott's scared of heights. I do not like flying. We both were like, this is going to suck. It. I literally got on the ground and was like Googling how to get your helicopter license. Like I was so peaceful. <laughs> it was so wonderful. Was, you're just kind of floating. I've had dreams like that. It's just like really nice. And I was really by the window so I could really take it all in. Um, but the best part was that like we got to see all of the spots that we had been throughout our trip so it was like oh look like there's our you know we went on that hike or like that reservoir that we hiked to or you know that's the top of the canyon this is the waterfall look we went snorkeling over there like you get getting to like kind of recap in that way and and see the island from that perspective and it's just something it's expensive it's one of those things that you wouldn't like want to spend money on because whatever but you're like oh it's our honeymoon like let's do it let's spend the money so that was a, a highlight for sure and snorkeling I love that too, as like a 
not not rap, but I love that you did it even though yeah, you did it even though you were scared and you kind of didn't want to, but you like got yourself to do it. And then you were able to see it from this like other perspective or whatever, which feels very indicative of like relationships and and marriage in and of itself of like, you know, taking the taking a bigger picture, but also doing something that's kind of scary and pushes you and in Hawaii, like everything that you do is so like colored with the culture there and the way the people are. And it like on our snorkel tour, we had a, a local Hawaiian like native that showed us around and told us a bunch of the stories, which to me, of course, like all res- reminded me of astrology and like in, in a different way, obviously, but they're, you know, gods of fire and gods of water and all these things that really like struck those same images for me. And, and all of it was about like caring for the earth. And so I've, I've definitely like already taken steps into doing more sustainable stuff for me, but also like seeing one of the wettest places on earth, literally the middle of the Island. It, it, it's everything's alive. Like literally the only place that isn't completely green and blooming is where the water is going to deliver more water. Like that's it. And so I'm like, I'm going to drink more water, even though that's like a stupid thing, but it's like, that's life force. Like that is where we're 80% water, like get it in you. It doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. drink it. You fucking psycho. So a lot of breakthroughs, but nothing that's like, ah, uh, bro. Like I re can't wait. To, like, I don't know. Whatever. No, I think that's like, I don't know. That's beautiful. I love all of that. That's exactly the kind of breakthroughs I think you want on your honeymoon. I don't know if the honeymoon is the place to go and have like, I think that's to have these wonderful, like life affirming, uh, breakthroughs that are enjoyable and pleasant instead of like, I married the wrong person. (laughs) Oh my God. He he is so good on the honeymoon too. Like just every every point being like oh let me buy you this or like oh let's get some art we need to get this and like just stuff that I didn't that I don't normally do for myself like he really took the extra like I was like oh I like the hotel robe he's like let's get you one I'm like Scott you don't have to buy everything if I say I like it but thank you oh that Taurus rising love yeah it's good that live laugh lovers good stuff love it inject it straight to the bones well congratulations we need need things that make us happy you need any bliss you need like even just like the like oh we can make romance and excitement and all those things in our lives for sure we needed that didn't we folks we we need a little nerve well a little cheer i was like from from lerve to lessons yeah, I was like, how, how maybe how we got here? <laughs> I don't know. Well, for sure you, for me. Yeah. If you learn some lessons, hopefully you just keep following the time and the place and the constraints. I mean, even you mentioned about like, hopefully on your honeymoon, you're not like, oh, fuck. I mean, my mom told me on her honeymoon, she was calling her mom, being like, I made a huge mistake. <laughs> so, Aww. like, times, and she was like, deal with it. And I was like, and she did for 13 years. But it's like, right, God, times are, times are, I guess that can still happen, but it feels like we have learned things now as a society and culture, especially in hopefully, hopefully in the marriage department. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I, I, oh. 
I'm sorry. Did you see that one girl who's it was like a TikTok of this girl who did a reenactment of the Victoria's Secret fashion show and, and like because she was obsessed with Victoria's Secret Angels and wanted a Victoria's Secret Angels wedding. And then her husband came out to sing. But then it turned out his like best man spiked him with like 6,000 milligrams of Adderall. So he was just like roll, like basically rolling for this Victoria's Secret montage. <laughs> That's nuts. Oh my God. I'll get the link. I'll share the link on that one. It made like a news story. It was like on a, then it followed from TikTok to like, you know, this man was dosed with Oops. Adderall <laughs> <laughs> while his wife put on Victoria's Secret Angel Wings to sing her heart out to like, I think it was. Like definitely a Shania Twain performance. Anyways, it could have gone that way. Our friend of the pod, Katie French, who also does a great um, DIY show on YouTube. We should have her on. Yes. But she has a great stand-up bit about brides who sing themselves down the aisle. And if you I can't um, believe that's a thing. Oh, oh yeah. Thing. If you go down the YouTube rabbit holes, that that's something that you can definitely spend a night just because I did it just from seeing her comedy like about it, but she talks about it. It's it's very um it's chaos. We love it. Whoa. Okay, yeah, because that Victoria's Secret Angel thing made me realize that that was a whole genre of brides that I didn't know they oh, I didn't know yeah. people were doing that. I weddings to me are and this is very Saturnian because it's like the tradition and people's takes on them. Um, but I, yeah, I just think it's fascinating to see like what people think the point of a wedding is and what, what people take <laughs> this opportunity to do. Like, yeah, that was very Saturnian. You're like, what is the point of this? What are you trying well, to, what are you trying to tell people right now? Yes. And I don't think that that's what people realize that like, it's not explicitly that, but it is also like you're communicating to your friends and family, like what, I don't know what, what you believe about this, uh, the reason for this celebration, what's important to you, what, what role they like, how important are they to you or whatever too. And not, you know, I, again, I don't think any of this all or not, not none of it, but it's not always conscious or that like intentional, but when you hear about things like this, like the angels, when you see the big, a big production number, a big, you know, I don't know. Or even when they have those big, like fails or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. like someone falls in <laughs> that, well, that I love that too. Yeah. Cause me and Paul were watching a bunch of Disney Disney nerds get married and, and the core, the choreography that I am, and I'm just going to be a, a bit of a bitch here where I'm like, whoa, these like quiet, quiet ass, like accounting bros are really like, this is their moment to do a talent show basically, which I didn't, I guess I've never been to a wedding where that happens, but it seems fairly common is what I'm from my research discovering. Oh, like, yeah. There's a moment for people to be really extra. Yeah. Even just from catering weddings, like I, I would see like guys that have done um, coordinated dances where like the whole groom's party and the women didn't. And like, it's right, so like it's a fun to watch them. because they're so excited about it because they worked really hard on it. So, you know, not every guy, they're not a dance troupe. Not every guy's like super fucking into it, but they do get excited in that moment just because it's like, oh, this is something we like worked on. And it's for, our th- I think there is part of, and maybe this can help us like lead into Saturn return stuff. Some there is part of 
doing something in a wedding, like doing something for someone else. That's so much easier. And you're, you're so like forgiving when you're like, oh, well, of course I'll like learn this dance for like, you know, for my friend, but you would never like be, admit to yourself that you want to know how to dance or whatever. I don't know. It's just an interesting. Or ask people to learn a dance for your totally, thing. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I want on this. And would you be willing to, to put this together? I've never, totally. yeah, I've never seen a groom's <laughs> party. Mom. No, but I love that. That I would love because also I think that, you know, sorry to gender it, but men do so little. And oh, the do. idea that they would, that they would uh, have this thought and that they would have dedicated time to learning it would endear them to me in that moment. Um, I've only seen couples do their like choreographed first dance, which I also think is sweet too, because again, it's like a thing that you have to show up to, but also I feel like I went to the most weddings that I've been to in my life, like the bulk of them when it was like peak start out romantic dance into funny wedding dance. And I Mm -hmm. think that's just not, I'm like, not a fan. Um, I, do a funny, do whatever, but also I'm like, this is the chance to like be vulnerable and put it on the line. I know these are also people that I think maybe fancy themselves, uh, funny, like this is my, you know, whatever, or like we're goofy. It, I think it can work just like anything, but as like a trend, I'm like, it, it really felt like people were just like spending a ton of money and being like, we're also not going to do anything vulnerable at this, which is just very not my deal. the record skip, right. We're going to go into baby yeah. got back. Oh my God. That's so yeah. crazy. Like yeah. it feels very, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm my, my Gen Z showed. I'm like, it feels very even like, I don't know if you've seen like the Jake Novak TikTok guy who was like begging to be on SNL and he was showing his like white guy who raps YouTube stylings. And I and I think the comment that just like solidified all for me was like, you would have been very successful in 2005. Like this really would have fucking hit hard, but keep up with the times. Yeah. And nothing, you know, no shade. If that's your style and that's the stuff you like, cool, but get why no one's wowed by it. It's because we've seen it. And that really like hit hard in a specific era. And I think same with the psych out dance, you know, we've all seen the OG one. That was the Chris Brown one where people, you know, the forever down the Mm -hmm. aisle, like we get, I know your, but it has to be like, to me, it only works if it's like, oh my God, I can't believe this person is even dancing publicly. That's so cool. Like that's so funny. Or they seem so uptight and wild. And then they bust out this thing, but it's like the person that you already know, like we knew this was coming. I'm like, I don't want to see you like bad twerk at the thing where you've also like (laughs) invited us all to see you presumably like at your most intimate and you know, I don't know, like loving and whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is what you think we want you to, we want to see. No, I want to see you like hold your partner and look at mm-hmm. each other close. Like I want to, I want to feel, give me the sweet and, nothings. Yes. I don't know. Agreed. That's some Saturn. That's some Saturn shit. Maybe a oh, younger yeah. me would have loved a flash mom, but no, I want to see you, you. I want to see you confess undying love. Yeah. I think it is just like a different, you know, and I, I everyone is entitled to feel how they feel about these things. I like, again, the, you know, I have, Saturn conjunct Venus. And so I, I like traditions. I like when you can see people's take on a thing when we have, I like genre 
or whatever, mm-hmm. because I think it allows you to see like where people did really well, where people didn't, where they did their own thing, where they in- incorporated things. And it just like gives you context to something. So you can tell what you like and don't like about something. It's very hard for me to tell what I, what I Venus without Saturn involved a little bit, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that for me, as we are talking about Saturn returns today, um, developing kind of some of my own, I don't think I knew really Venus in my life until Saturn, if that makes sense. Or like, or I have a much more, a better Venusian relationship with myself and the world that I know would not have been possible without my Saturn return. A hundred percent. Like Saturn was kind of safeguarding Venus until, so I was reading something too about like even planetary maturity of like when planets even might come into their, I think I saw like the moon was 24 years old. Like, again, I don't know where, like where exactly these ages were picked in and ripped from, but I guess it would make sense that malefic Saturn sort of being this kind of like bodyguard to your, to your Venus placement. Absolutely. Well, and I think with those like recycles to even thinking of the moon if the the moon changes so fast that it I feel like takes a while for you to know your own moon cycle or your own thing and at 24 that sounds like it would be what 12 uh or like two full lunar return progress like lunar returns there where you would have you know it's gone through everything and you're back and then it's gone through everything again and you're back I don't know if that, I don't know if that actually checks out, but it seems like about the right time. And then your Saturn return, obviously, because Saturn goes so long, the opposite of the moon. It's like, you don't know, you don't know you're back into your own thing until you've gone the full Saturn cycle. Yeah. So I don't know if I said anything, but also I said, you said something, you said something. Well, also (laughs) part, there were some other like, on top of the Saturn return stuff, I was just like, what else is kind of happening around this age period? Because for me, my, we're talking about our own little Saturn returns here today. It's like a little reflection, a little, a moment, but yeah, there's a lot. And I remember for me, at least the couple years pre-Saturn return were very, like I could have, if pre being an astro head, I would have been like, this was it, that was it. Cause I hear the Saturn returns suck and are punishing and are super hard. That was just my Pluto sextile natal Pluto moment. But also, but coming back to the moon at 27 is your progressed moon conjunct your natal moon too. So, I, okay. And then there's also Neptune sextile natal Neptune during 28 to 30 Uranus trinatal Uranus at 27. So like the twenties are just. Mm-hmm. You also have right. a nodal reversal as well at mm-hmm. 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is when you're. The south node is when where your north node is and vice versa. Uh, and I think that that is also something that is, you know, utilized more in a le- evolutionary astrology, but learning that goes like, oh yeah, thinking of that kind of ushering in your Saturn return of going like, oh, I think I'm not, I don't know if I'm going in the direction that I want to be going in. Or if, if you are, then it's like, okay, here's you know, a reminder of that, seeing it maybe from another, another angle, but also that feeling of the South node opposing your North node going like, is this what you, is this what you want more of? If not, this is the time to like change direction a bit. 
I think for me, the thing that um, I had thought that with a Saturn return comes this kind of new career or that I would be, you know, I'd find my voice in comedy or like I'd have some sort of um, I'd know what I want to do with my life or whatever. And I think I was like in a place where I really needed those things and then they didn't happen. And so like, I brushed a lot of that off as like not really having like a typical Saturn return or whatever. Um, and I'm like back kind of in that place again. Cause I've just gotten laid off from a job. I'm like having to resign up for health and like my, all my stuff is like getting, having to get reset. And, and I'm like in a new phase of my relationship and like all this stuff, it feels like, Oh, there's so, everything kind of on on thin ice and I have to like fix it and build it. Um, so I went back and looked through like some of my Facebook posts and like photos and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it was, um, it was definitely really enlightening because my, um, my Saturn return happened in my eighth house and I found that like shared resources is a big theme, obviously. Um, because I like made a lot of new, most of the people that were at my wedding are people that I met during my Saturn return or while Saturn was in the sign of Capricorn. And I like definitely when it started, I was trimming weed and I was in like a fucking warehouse every day for 12 hours. And like, I know that sounds fun. And like, I, I, I thought it was a cool job because you could get high at work. And like, I, I don't know if you guys know this but you can do that no matter what you don't have to actually work in weed to get high at work um so you know that kind of shit and I was just like torturing myself I was like you I was making like crazy money for three days and then but being exhausted getting sick from like inhaling chemicals all the time it was definitely a really really stressful job even though I didn't think it was that Saturn in the eighth two of it being like um uh, your pay schedule, literally, because that's what I remember oh, so crazy. knowing you at that time. I'd be, have $2,000 and then like not ha- not work for a month and then have like so much work. It was just definitely something. And I I was working not for like a um, med men or whatever. I was working for like an underground grow house. So it is one of those things where, and I'm not, I'm not to say if like legality or whatever, I don't know what they're doing, but it wasn't like, it's, you have something that's worth a lot of money. They don't, they're not like, oh, here's our grow house. Like, no, like you're in, like you, you're in a fucking, you confidentiality shit. You have to like, so I was never talking about it except, except for the people I work with, we're all trauma bonding. And then also, we started this podcast like right after my Saturn return. Um, like, some of the people that I think like are the people that fuck with me now, like in comedy and stuff, are people that ha- I've been introduced to from people I met around this time. Um, I definitely was doing a lot of like digital coloring books and really into tea. Like I had a ton of photos in my phone of tea. Um, really into House of Intuition. Um, and I, so I guess 
I went to House of Intuition today, which I haven't been in so long because because of this episode, I was like, oh, I really loved that. And I wonder what it is about that place that I like enjoyed so much. I went and bought some candles and stuff today. And I remember like during the pandemic, just thinking like that the emails they were sending were absolutely bonkers. And I will say, I, I don't think I'll be going back. I literally on the way home, (laughs) I was trying to make a left-hand turn and someone going the other way was trying to run the light, but I'm halfway in the street, but I wasn't turning yet. He slams on his brakes to stop so that I can turn left, even though he would have run the red. And I turn and he just flips me off. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get the vibes of HOI are contagious. Like literally I did nothing wrong, but now I have this bag of candles and I'm getting honked at. Um, anyway, I am trying to do some stuff because I, I feel stagnant again. And I think one of the things that I'm really trying to do now, which I, is stuff that came to me from doing this episode is like to level up my interests. If I can't level up my career, if I can't figure out where I'm going, yeah, let's, let's do hot yoga. Let's do the harder thing. Let's go as hard as possible in the things that actually bring you joy, because that's going to help you get to that place where you're finding your voice and all those things that you say you want. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else had a breakthrough. I did not so much about Saturn return because mine feels very mine. Mine felt not. I didn't the same thing as you said. I did not like get a new, although I did get a new job. I got a new job. I like changed kind of who I was around. I went through a breakup, but looking at the breakup specific stuff to me, the day my Saturn return was exact was Steve and I had gotten back together. And I believe it was like a family of, of our first like family event having been broken up for a year, having a kind of a tumultuous, very Saturn returning year. I also saw that it coincided for me with a, a moon Pluto conjunction for a lot of that on a, on a lot of like specific breakup stuff, ton of Uranus, ton of, I think it was like a Mars return moon conjunct Pluto, Neptune in there somewhere too, but just like seeing the, seeing a lot of the astrology of it, but seeing how like, I don't know, just going like, man, astrology, astrology works. It's all there. When you look at the chart, I've never looked at the exact chart of my Saturn return. I've always just known the, the general, you know, time. And I remember when it was, when it left Sagittarius kind of like celebrating that, but not necessarily being at a point in astrology to know, to look at that exact date chart and to know what all of it meant. And I don't think I could have known at that time either. Also, uh, Saturn returns when I got really into astrology, really started learning about it. Not just, uh, like always been a fan, longtime listener, first time caller. Uh, and it was like when I actually started getting readings, reading books, doing, doing lots of research. And that absolutely has, uh, you know, gotten me to this point without question. Yeah. Saturn, Saturn's a funny a funny guy. I think uh, I related to like what a lot of stuff you said, Lisa, I mean, as a fellow Taurian, you know, with our earthy, earthy Saturns, and maybe it's also like we got Uranus, you know, bugging our asses right now too. But I feel like the buildup of like, and I feel like this way with like almost like every astrological transit is like the buildup 
to me, I like love it. And then it's like when Saturn was like hovering around my Saturn and then doing another pass. And like, then I'm like, fuck, I have to maintain shit, which is like the worst thing in the world. I love starting new shit. And I love like feeling momentum and, and building and, and like taking off and then be like, oh, and now you got to like continue doing stuff. I mean, pre-Saturn return, and maybe it's because I was also having when when Saturn was in Sagittarius, which is very Sagittarian, I was feeling like if I don't move from my hometown, I will never move. So I have to go now, which a lot of stuff really lines up when I look at the that couple years before and then even having a breakup about three months before Saturn went into Capricorn. But it was also like a dead horse sort of relationship sort of thing. But then once I moved out, that's when I was in my Saturn return, living with like a roommate for the first time in years. And then working, like working the same jobs, but like in a shittier sort of, like I was making more money, but everything sucked about it. <laughs> like, like I would, which is very cap. It's like, oh, I'm like, can't support myself, but I have no life. And this is annoying. And everyone around, like making, still making friends to still being kind of new to a new city and being like, who, who am I actually clicking with and, and vibing with and, and all those things. It also was in my sixth house. So I feel like, I truly became an adult <laughs> during my Saturn return of just like, I should go to the doctor. I should eat a leaf. Like I should do things that make me, I should get more, even with astrology, like I'm going to reflect more. Like I'm going to like meditate and write shit down and just think about the things I want. It also even just like making more space and time for nature. I feel like when I first moved from Chicago, I was still doing very city I was just like going to like raves and warehouses and not really like seeing what California has to offer. Cause I was also just to like drinking and clubbing, <laughs> which was it's fun own era, but feeling that sort of shift of, you know, those bones just where, you know, wearing, start wearing down, start creaking a bit even now, like, cause I've been playing baseball. I'm like, damn, I forget when you're a kid, you're like, you never get cold. You don't need a jacket. You're not sore. Just those like little, like those little things that just like build up. But maybe it's because I got a home sign Saturn and Cap vibe. I like, I'm very thankful for the Saturn return. Like I, I like th where things are going, even though if you asked me that two days ago, I probably would have said the opposite thing. But I think when I zoom out, I think Saturn stuff is stuff you can't, you can't like unsee it or unknow that information about your life or the people in it or whatever is whatever's happening. But so far this Saturn, like in my bookend signs, like Saturn and Sagittarius and then Saturn Aquarius have been just absolutely bonks. I feel like when I was in Saturn Capricorn, Saturn return time, it was like, I was ready to learn these lessons. I needed it. Put me in coach. I want to, I want to do these things. And now these other Saturn times, I'm like, uh, like, I don't know. This is a little, this is a little extra. Well, it's in its domicile for us too. And I think that to some extent was some of the framing I was doing, like, and maybe you too, like, oh, it's in Capricorn. So this is like about my work or it's about like my, like, mm -hmm. you know, accolades or career, the way people perceive me. And like, it's still transiting a different house, but it, it might've felt a little bit more like, oh, these lessons are easy to handle because it's there in its domicile. It's like, you know, it's there where it wants to be. I think mm -hmm. that like, 
like I tried as hard as I could to figure out like what kind of work I was doing. And I definitely changed jobs a few times in during this and like ended up in now I work in a business that like I've worked in since I was a kid, which is so like Capricorn too, where it's like, I'm still like doing the same thing I did as a kid. I started like working with Scott during this time. And it's something that people ask us all the time. Like other people that start dating at work or like other things, they're like, how do you guys like make it work or whatever? And it's like, dude, I've been doing this, working with family since I was 11 years old. Like I know how to just not fucking say something if I'm bad at work. Like I, it just, mm-hmm. it's just something you have to learn how to do. It's not like if you're going to go that road, like you do have to figure out a way where you're not interrupting each other's careers as well as like your personal life. So mm-hmm. I think for me, like, is kind of that, like going back to this kind of family nurturing and like fathering, uh, thing that we sometimes put on Saturn, like maybe that's where some of that stuff came in, just having to figure out like our working relationship. But outside mm. of that, I don't feel like I really gained, um, like I didn't feel like I, oh, I got this huge, I guess, I know, I think I, my first comedy festival was before. I can't think of something where I'm like, oh, I broke through. And I think mm-hmm. it's maybe just because it was like domicile and it, yeah, we were cruising. We were like, the plane was flying and we were gliding. Mm-hmm. Well, in Saturn, so like, I don't think of it as like that. Maybe it's just because we're fresh off of the benefic malefits. It's, it's it is a cleaning up sort of thing, or like a fine. To me, it's like fine tuning or cutting, cutting the fat. Like even now, you just saying this, I'm like, oh right, and we did start this podcast during hundred percent. It was, and also I'm like, oh, I moved in with Pablo. Like right, yeah, I know. Actually, like lots of things. I mean, it's a it's a decent amount of years there too during, but it felt like. It did feel like the the years building up kind of put it there. I, I wouldn't say all of a sudden, like I woke up Saturn was a Capricorn and all this, everything changed for me. <laughs> like, I, I think that buildup of Saturn was, I don't know, that's what was kind of like the jet fuel for it. Well, again, Saturn takes so long. It's not, that's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I think that not knowing, you know, what we know about astrology now, when we were going through it, we couldn't have known this, but I think going like, oh yeah, it's not going to be, it's not Uranus. It's not quick changes. These are things that are Mm -hmm. very directly results of the work or lack of work that had come before it. You know, I also have it really tightly conjunct Neptune. So I think for me, there was no like seeing what was happening while it was happening. That wasn't probably in the cards for me to be like, oh yeah, girl, you're trimming weed and you don't need to do that. Like wasn't part of it. Like it just took a long time for me to be like, no, it's money. It's really good money. It's easy, like whatever, but it is easy, but there's other parts of it that are hard having to do it all day. You can only do it when the, you know, it's like farming. You can only pick apples when the apples are ready. You can't like do it gradually or whatever. You know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. it's also a time when we're contending with what do we want to make things? What do we want to schedule things around or how do we want to create structure in our lives? Not saying that there was never any structure, but going, oh, is this a way that I want time to be oriented? Is this a way that I want the rest of my, is this a thing that makes me feel stable or is this a thing that absolutely is a, is a impediment to stability and is not helping me build the same things. But I think it's, it isn't 
necessarily, like you said, like the career itself, it's, this is the time when I realized I couldn't be hung over at work anymore. I couldn't do these sorts of things or whatever, whatever that is for you. That was not for me. Part of my Saturn return, still very hung over at work. Uh, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> that was a post Saturn return uh, <laughs> lesson that I learned. But I think just even the idea of thinking of it as time itself. And I think it's also, I know Jupiter, but Jupiter moves faster and Saturn is kind of, while it's still that like trans social, whatever, I think it is a time when we're starting to feel like a generation or you're starting to feel like a, an age group, as opposed to the, I'm this age or whatever, like you are now in the, the fast downhill to your thirties or whatever. And I think that it's a time when you feel both specific to your life, but also are kind of comparing yourself to where you are in terms of other people, your same age in a way that you maybe, you maybe could put off prior to this at earlier ages, because it's just like, I don't know. It's not, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. The like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You're like, I'm 26, I'm 25, I'm whatever. And you're like, of course you notice like your peers, but it's more like your friends as opposed to, you know, even thinking of this being like high school reunion time, this is, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, again, that's not, not as prevalent with the internet, but the first time where you really are going like, oh, this was everyone in a group, not just my friends, not just the people that I am choosing to follow who, who else at this same time, it, like, where are they and how do I feel about that? And I think that there's a general, a generalization that happens with Saturn that doesn't happen necessarily up to that point. I think too, Mm -hmm. one thing I noticed in my looking back was that I was, this is when I was like starting to get into skincare and stuff. And I think that it is something that for some reason gets put in our heads about like, this is you like reaching an age milestone. And I think it made me feel older than I was. And I really don't think it was because I have like Saturn at two degrees. I really don't think it was until COVID happened, which was towards the end of my Saturn return, that I really felt older. Like, I I was concerned with it. I definitely, like, saw in the photos that I was like, oh, I must have been really, like, worried that I was getting older because I was, like, doing all the skincare stuff, lots of, like, pictures of face masks and stuff, and which is great. Like do skincare regardless, but don't do it because you feel pressured that you're getting older. I think really the reason that I, I feel like I am older now is because of COVID, not because of my Saturn return. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, the, the fucking Saturn return ending in the pandemic, you know, like, like, and I mean, and many folks who started theirs, you know, the Saturn aqua folks and to just, Sorry, Gemini Mercury moment. To be clear, obviously these are our Saturn returns. You know, there's folks who've had their second ones and maybe if you're lucky, you're third. But for this unique area of time, it's, it's it, it, I mean, it makes sense for 27, 28, 29 to be, you can't really do the same shit you were doing at 21. Or if you are, okay, I mean, that's fine, I guess. But how are you, how, how, and has nothing changed from it? Probably not like we are Saturn is truly so bodily too. I think in a lot of ways of, I remember I had a psychic at that time with my job where I was like, she's like, you could move up and do the higher position and get more money. And I was like, I could, 
but I actually like want more time to enjoy my life. Like I, I wasn't there yet. Now I want more money, but <laughs> because because I'm at a different place in life or like, or I know where I want to invest that time. Also, I wanted less responsibility because we were building up the podcast at the time too. So it was like, actually like I could easily, I Saturn doesn't mean just go climb straight to whatever you think success looks like. It's, it's actually what is supporting you and what feels like a clear yes and a clear no. I think Saturn is kind of like Pluto to me where it has that no, I kind of like this or I kind of like this. It's like, what are you really into? What is clicking for you? And that could change. But what are we feeling passionately? Yes, or passionately no about? I think it's the, I think skincare makes sense. And also where you're saying about the like physicality of it, because I think it is like um, the things that add up, the things that that you don't, can't do that also take a long time to uh, yield results, something like skincare too, not a long, long time necessarily, but that's a thing where it's like, oh, this is a thing I have to develop and I have to do every day. And I have to do through the times when I'm not going to see results and know that this is producing something, because I think it's also a time when we're looking back and going like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't intentional with my time. And this is what's that has yielded. So what could I do if I were actually intentional with this? If I did make a, if I did, uh, like commit to something again, these Saturn things of like, okay, well, what are you, are you still committed to a thing just because you've been doing it? Or are you committed to it? Because this is actually what you want to be building and you want to like go. No, I think also the idea of, I think it's, I, because we do so much 12 letter alphabeting, I can't remember if it's sat. I know Saturn is bones, but I believe Capricorn is also knees and thinking of also just like the idea of repetitive, any kind of repetitive motion and the toll that that takes regardless. And so it is also, I think a time when you go like, Oh, my, my joints hurt. Can this, if I'm going to continue, you can keep doing what you were doing when you're 21, but you have to even thinking of athletes, performers, whatever it is, where it's like the things that you need to do to maintain that are now going to require different things because you just don't have you have to be intentional. You don't, you've worn out the, the cartilage in your joints, the joint liquid ain't replenishing the same way it is. So you might have to start taking supplements. You have to do these things. And so it's all just, it's not necessarily the, like, uh, you know, of course the ideas of boundaries and saying no, and these sorts of things, but it's also just like, no, like literally like routines and additions and things that you have to I don't know, create like set up. These are rules. These mm -hmm. are schedules that we're following. These are, you know, and ideas of time. I think too, again, of like, I need, I have actually getting sleep is important to me or whatever. And I think the Saturn return isn't when you figure out that's what you need. It's when you are being presented with opportunities to um, experiment and, and, see the results of either adhering to your schedule or not adhering to your schedule. Because I think that that's another kind of like Saturn return fallacy is that I don't think you get, I think you like learn the lesson perhaps in the Saturn return, but that does not mean the structure coalesces by any means. I think that the Saturn return is a time when it feels kind of unstructured. And then once your Saturn return has passed, then begins the work of implementing all of those lessons, which I think probably 
continues until a second Saturn return when you go, okay, this is what, uh, this is what was a result <laughs> of being intentional and trying to learn from these things. Is this still the way that I want to orient time restraint? Is this the, still the restriction that I want in my life? Because we all have to be, we all need restriction. We need something that grounds us and tethers us to this physical reality, whether we like it or not. And I think Saturn is how we decide what we need that to be and, and deciding like, is it still the same thing now? Do we want another thing? Is this, or are these lessons, I think with the idea of like mentorship and teaching being, being part of the second Saturn return going, are these things worth passing on? Or do I need to learn something new to give, to, to figure that out? Did I talk about Eddie Murphy on this podcast? I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. I was listening to him a while, maybe eight years ago on Mark Marin and on WTF with Mark Marin, not just like about Mark Marin. Um, I, he talked, he was talking about his life and which you do on podcasts. And he mentioned like that he quit stand up at 27 years old because he started so young. And then he, in when he was, talking about it he was saying that he was going to give stand-up another try and I looked it up and it was his second Saturn return and I just think that's interesting because he quit stand-up because he had reached a level of success that where he was going to do shows and people would just like yell out like do this or you know like they would quote his bits or you know if he didn't do that they would be mad or you know they kind of like already laugh without you even really telling a joke and all that kind of stuff um which is like the most noble reason i think you can quit comedy like it it, as far as like fame goes like it's one of those things where you're like no i actually really care about this art form and i'm not gonna just like hack it up for you um So him going back to it in a second Saturn return is so interesting to me, too, because it's not that he didn't have a career, didn't do stuff in entertainment during the time off. It's just that he decided not to go on stage. And so I do think there are things that we can like, I would have loved to see Eddie Murphy, like even 10 years before that or whatever, like after a break. I think that there are things that we can dabble in throughout our lives and not have to do it in these huge cycles. And I think if there's anything we can learn from, like, obviously Eddie Murphy has a great life. I'm not here to like change anything about what he's done, but like, if there's something that you quit because of your Saturn return, like, remember that. Cause I think with what Julia was saying in the beginning too, with Venus, it's like a lot of this stuff is value-based and it's based on your values because of your circumstances and like sometimes like you don't have like I don't have a second bedroom in my house you know it's that's a circumstance and yeah that means that sometimes like there are things I want that I have to figure out another way to get like during the pandemic I wanted a Peloton but we don't have space for it and I moved everything around in every room and tried and tried and tried but we just don't have room for it so I had to figure out other ways to get my exercise And that's based on circumstance. And like, that doesn't mean that just because, you know, when you were 27, you had some breakthroughs about your schedule and your life and your values. That doesn't mean that when you do have that extra room in your house, 
you don't get to get the Peloton. I know Peloton's like a bad example because they're like out of business now, but you get to get the thing that you wanted, your home gym or your like whatever. You don't have to wait until you have the aha moment again to try again. And I think with, with Saturn, I think sometimes it is like those lessons that feel like, okay, well, never again. Like I'm, I, I got it heard whatever, but it's okay to try and fail. It's okay to like try again and realize you don't like the thing again. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Saturn with legacy and the authority and, and knowing when to say nah, or to come back or like, it doesn't have to be so forever. I don't know. Maybe it's also with social media. It feels like everyone has to announce everything that they're doing at all times, even if it's quitting social, (laughs) even if it's like, I'm going to leave social media. But I think, and again, this trains my son. So, you know, I'm in the Saturn, I'm in the Saturn club, but I've just realized like I need something on my calendar. I need something that breaks up my day. I need a phone call with a friend at noon if I'm, and I'm a freelancer. So like it can, it can ebb and flow, but I need something that breaks up my day. Cause when I have infinite open day is when I'm sad and scared (laughs) is is something I've learned about myself where I think, no, it's, it's all this ample time to do all the things. It's like, actually I need constraint or I will do diddly shit. And sometimes you need to do diddly shit, no knock on diddly shit, but that's my forever mode. So I need something that I need that. I need that like waking up late for the airport feeling. I need that, like that urge, something that like feels like internal urgency to it just like, I like that. Like, I like like how I operate around having a commitment or something that prompts me to do something besides just, you know, lay in my own filth and have bed sores, which I like too. I mean, there's a season for it all. Um, season for I, think, it all. I think there also is the realization that it's like, you know, again, it's so much about time, whatever sign Saturn is for you, it is about kind of like how, how does time work for you? And I like what you were saying, Lisa, about the, you know, try something, you don't have to wait because I think it is also like they both, and maybe this is just my Saturn and Sag speaking, maybe other signs will feel differently about this, but I think it is that realization that time is both like absolutely gone in an instant and also long as hell, like you have plenty of time and also time is like, fat like there's no time but the present to do something but also like try something and quit it life is long and you're gonna mm-hmm. do a bunch of things too if you're lucky um so that like yeah so you lose so you lose a month what's a month in like what do you know what I mean like in earth try, years yeah dedicate <laughs> dedicate yourself to something for a month and get over it fine that's a month someone might go like oh that's a month that's a month that I could have been you know whatever where it's like if if a lot if losing a month means like your whole life is now derailed that was not a structure that was sound you can mm. lose a month and also like take the time, do it now, take the time, go for it. Like those just things of what, um, yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine, Amy Silverberg, who is a creative writer, short story writer and comedian, um, told me once that reading is something that gives you more time, not less. And I never really understood what she meant until 
on my honeymoon on the way back. It's kind of a long flight from Hawaii and the time worked out that I wasn't sleepy at all. And so I had a book that I had half finished and then I had downloaded one on my phone and I kind of realized like what she meant because you're, you're living in like two worlds at once, basically. So, you know, I'm living in the world of the book, but I'm also like still on this plane and like, there's still sights and sounds and smells and people, um, coming or interrupting or, you know, um, having a quick chat with Scott or whatever. And it's like one of the reasons that we don't like, that's why you don't read books in a closet. People like to do it in a park or like, you know, spread out on their bed or couch. Like you get comfortable and you kind of like get to exist in both worlds at once where we're like resting our body and kind of escaping into a different realm. And I think that like with Saturn being about time and talking about structure and stuff, like there are an infinite number of ways that we exist in time and like where our brain is, is not always where our body is. And especially like having just had COVID, it's like sometimes certain parts of you aren't working right. Like sometimes like it sucks not being able to smell or whatever. Like that is like another dimension that we have that I think we forget about. And so I think if you're going through a tough time in your Saturn return or, you know, you're since your Saturn return or whatever, we can think about like, you know, time in all of those different ways. Like, um, in the way, like time exists when you're eating a meal I love. And I think maybe this was one of the reasons that Taurus is like, are always put with food stuff. I love food because you engage all five senses at once. It, you get to see it, smell it, taste it, hear it. You get to touch it. You like it. It's everything at once. And so it is like you're existing on five planes at once when you're eating, but you don't think of it that way. Uh, it, it's breakfast. You know, you're not like, oh, I'm like engaging all the things like. So I think if we can reframe ourselves to think about, you know, how we're existing through the world through time and what things, how we can be in that kind of dual, dual space. Like we are when we're reading, I think it can be really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And those things, like you said too, of just like the, I think a big, uh, Saturn and Aquarius lesson for a lot of folks, whether it's your Saturn return or not. And I think that's another thing too, of going like, yeah, we're all experiencing Saturn and it's, it's, Mm -hmm. in there no matter what and it is like an age it is a not not a full generation necessarily but it is a uh like a very different even talking about those like tradition wedding tradition videos between 2016 and now what you would see like the difference of how that would be is you know is a Saturn um but I think a lot of it is going like oh I can be you know making structures in my mind that I might not get to see IRL turn into actual structures for a long time, but that does not mean that I don't still orient my sense of time and commitment and, and discipline and things like that around a mental structure. If we're going to dismantle systems, if we're going to make big Aquarian, you know, collective change that absolutely has to happen in our minds and ideas and and as a vision for the future before we can do it and we can't take the lack of actual physical evidence as as uh as evidence for this not working it's like this is a new a new thing like all of those things so i think remembering too that these are things that last a long time they are not 
all yeah it's it's different planes at different times and and saturn saturn's tricky like i think you you don't aren't going to necessarily even know what the lesson of your saturn return is until after and you're looking back and kind of seeing what structures have formed and whatnot too so i think um let your yeah be be open to i don't know saturn saturn showing up like you don't i think it's that's another one too of like don't don't worry about looking for the thing like it's gonna it's gonna come you just have to be be present and and continue to show up and i think it will take it from there it's dad energy too it's like you know when you're having the sleepover and you're like oh dad like god don't come in we're you know we're doing the (laughs) please dad we're doing the ouija you know like god it's that but then he he has something funny or he brings a snack or all of your friends laugh at it or whatever. Like it's, it's not like dad doesn't come in to ruin your sleepover. He's just checking in. Like, I don't know. I, I, I have a dad for a lot of my life. So that's my take. Yes. No, I love that because it is also like a thing that you now like I get with this like thing of time. I think we like don't talk about it enough where it just gives you a moment where you go like, oh my God, you're laughing because, you know, maybe dad comes in and yells at you and you go like, I can't believe we're up till four in the morning. Like, this is crazy, whatever. And it's more fun at a sleepover than when, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, a townie at home running into your high school crush and going like, I can't believe I'm still at this, this, whatever, you know, that's a very loose example, but like, you know, yeah, it is that moment that snaps you into where we are and where we are in orientation to, to time, to structure, to the rules. Are we breaking them? Are we following them? Are we, doing exactly yeah I love it mm-hmm. I think that's a great example and for to have some sense of humor and some levity about something that's so serious and scary for so many people we've had so many people ask questions about Saturn return get readings about Saturn returns be worried about feared. what's gonna happen yeah and it's like I don't know yeah if you think about it as you know a, a parent at a sleepover kind of what are you girls doing in there that kind of that kind of energy of being like, well, if you're not doing anything, like if you're not doing anything naughty or whatever, like then just say nothing and laugh and move, keep it pushing. Like why is a wellness check that I feel like, I, I think too, I, and this is for, you know, the Saturn return feared girlies is I don't think it is just, you wake up, Saturn goes in that sign and oh my God, I didn't know that all this shit was going to blow up in my face or yeah. Even I think what you said, Julia earlier, it's like, it's not Uranus. (laughs) Like it it is like, it's probably been leading up to this point. And of course, the aspects it's making, the houses it's in. (laughs) Maybe it's a surprise to you, but I bet it's not a surprise to like anyone else in your life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, (laughs) oh, you guys broke up. Shocking. The trail of good together is there, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, you've only dated that guy because you just feared the act of dating. Yeah, that was really going to work out. Uh, This is a self-read. But there was this little Glamour magazine article about Adele because I guess she like was just talking about making the new album with her Saturn return and just in just this little pull quote of, you know, I hit my Saturn return. She told Vogue and, you know, I lost the plot. It shakes you up a bit. Who am I? What do I want to do? What truly makes me happy? All those things. Which sounds very like 
everything and nothing. Meanwhile, but... she's already Adele, just FYI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally. And there's, I've probably posted before, RuPaul, no matter how you feel about them, has talks about Saturn Return a lot. Like many interviews where, you know, talking about moving back in with his sister, sleeping on the couch, no money, and having one of his friends call me like, just come back to New York. Like having that, like, well, what do I have to lose? I did like that time I was there and I thought I came over here and was going to make it or do this. You know, Saturn also teaches us that time is not always linear too. I think people think, no, Saturn's just traditional, straightforward lessons. And your lesson might be that you weren't done over there or that, that you weren't, you didn't complete that chapter or yeah, those things that any easy plan to success never usually ever works either. Well, just I, I've never yes. seen one ha- ever happen. It also makes me think of, and I like this Adele version because, like you said, Lisa, she is already Adele. She's already a multi, right? She, she had Grammys, to, yeah, Grammy selling, critically and audience acclaimed artist. Um, but I think the idea of like your your work leading to you being happy, knowing who you are, is also a Saturn return thing too. Where it's like just because you did everything right doesn't mean that you aren't still grappling with who you are, what is happening, what what did your work lead to? Maybe you are one of those people. I think Saturn return just as much as that. Like you got your dream job and you fucking hate it. How do you yeah. how do you build the next part of your life knowing that all of that work that you did was to something that you didn't actually want to do that you actually didn't that you're not finding yourself in is there more to life all of those things of like you know what's the uh what are we expecting there is no like one-to-one I do I put in x amount of work I get x amounts of success it's the things that you like what do you want to be what what hill do you want to be perpetually pushing a rock up every day because that is actually part of life as well. And, and no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, we all have those things that we are constantly having to restrict ourselves around to can remind ourselves to have discipline around to make ourselves do because they're the hard, shitty, boring parts, but they are also the parts that add up to at the very least knowing who the fuck we are and what we want in life. And if you know that, then that's actually a better thing to structure your life around than anything else, because that will always be a good like compass to have again with that nodal reversal right before the Saturn return, where it's just like, well, who like, who do you want to be? We can't guarantee any of these other things outside of that. So if that's the thing that we are orienting our relationship to time, to success, to legacy, to any of those like investment structure investment. Yeah. If that is what we are orienting ourselves at, that it will always yield results, whether it's tomorrow or in seven years or on your fucking deathbed. Should you be so lucky? Damn. Like that's you will never regret orienting yourself around those things. I think I hope. Loves it. Well, so it's a Saturn return. Come for me. We, we come for me, we, Saturn. We lived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I lived, yeah. bitch. Yeah. And still, still going, still, still, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have a Saturn sextile and then you're going to have a Saturn square Saturn and all of that mm-hmm. too. Reminder too that Saturn is Saturn is there, whether it's a return or not. So, you know, be check-ins, check-in wellness checks. I like that are, are not, um, they don't have to be buzz kills. They are making sure that, you know, Mm-hmm. We, the party continues. 
Unlike Lisa, I have Neptune there. I love disassociating, but also like we need critiques and the hard looks at ourselves and of what's working or what's, you know, we're all seeing the push to reels and video. Like, you know, like you just got to see same with the wedding dances. Like where, where are we at even through time and space? Cause that, as long as we're here in this timeline is still going down. So, you know, kick it with Saturn because yeah. it's going to do it anyways. So let it, let it be. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for returning to listen to us week after week for being <laughs> a structure for which we can orient our, our lives and relationships to time around. Uh, yes. We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to What's Your Sign. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love this podcast, please support us. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's your sign podcast. The link to support us is in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram at what's your sign podcast, on Twitter at what's yr sign underscore pod, and TikTok at what's your sign podcast. For business opportunities, advertising, or commission readings, email us, what's your sign podcast at gmail.com. WIS is produced by Julia Logan, Stevie Anderson, and Lisa Chenu. Artwork by Alexa Vicious and theme song by Honor Nezzo.